What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk Liz Cheney, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Ellen DeGeneres, John Mulaney, and we do the Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery fucking classic, The Rock Redo Edition. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today, we are the Real Buzz 2. I am Real Buzz Rob. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. That's legitimately the most iconic quote from this movie, always and forever. You're bashed. You're bashed. And to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? <laughs> well, how in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of the cell? Buenazua, uh, Romania. Que paso, Romania. Yeah, let's peel back the curtain a little bit real quick. Let's do before it. Before we jump into the news. No, let's uh, do it. So here's some real buzz uh, trivia. Uh, not like the trivia we do at the end of, but uh, not like tipsy trivia. But this was the very first movie we Episode ever one. did. Episode one. Yep. Uh, it is now lost to time. We won't get into the ins and outs of that. It's gone. Lost it's forever. Gone. So we said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to redo it. And uh, God damn it. I'm glad it, it was weird redoing it. But I, it, it, I think it's going to be fun, though. It's, this will be episode 83. OK, so th- it will be there were 82 prior episodes. Well, I guess technically 81 since it was number one. So I got an idea. Yeah. So you just label this as episode one, The Rock, but still put it. But where technically it would 83. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still put it where it would be, you know? So that way people know. I don't know. Yeah. So we decided, hey, let's. In a lot of other movie podcasts have done this as well. <clears throat> After you've had. So we did the movie originally the first time, and we've had some time to marinate on it, and we've changed the format of the podcast a lot in 80 episodes. And I think we're going to do it a lot more justice this time around because we have 80 episodes under our belt. We, you know, we have a better idea of what's going on. And I think this is going to be a better version of doing the rock. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. And I will say that, uh, I bought, I, I bought this movie whenever we went to go do the first episode. I was I, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray. Thing is, I had the same thing. I thought I needed to re-rent it again. I already owned it. Yeah. See, yep. there you go. I, I ordered the Blu-ray with the special features and shit. I didn't watch them this time, but the first time we watched it, I did watch the special features. So I'm excited for the tipsy trivia. But anyway. All right. Let's move on to, well, technic- today it's going to be like Real Buzz Hot Goss. <laughs> Welcome to Entertainment Tonight. 
the first one is uh, you know me. I I'm I'm a horror for political goss. So the first one's gonna be more political. The other two, very much like entertainment tonight, hot goss type stuff. Goss. How many times are you gonna say goss? Hot goss. Oh, uh, I would say over under. Twelve, and I'm going to take the over. I always thought that Hot Goss was uh, the guy from the Notebook, right? He is Hot Goss. Yeah. That's well, that's the other Hot Goss. Ryan Gosling is actually he's the original. He's the OG Hot Goss. Yeah, this is just we're doing Hot Goss. Do you think that's what he says? Like whenever in real life he's getting with a chick or something, he's like, "Oh man, I can't wait to dump my Hot Goss all over you." I feel like he does that, and I also <laughs> feel like anytime he has any kind of a, like a uh, like a if he wants to create an email account or if he wants some kind of a social media handle, it's definitely hotgoss6969 at gmail.com. 269. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And of course. It's because he'll do it on top and then it'll be on the bottom. Yeah, too, he'll 69 you know? both ways. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. So we'll start off with Liz He's Cheney. licking that asshole. He, he's licking, <laughs> licking so, assholes, anyway. licking all of it all. I don't know if Liz Cheney, I don't know what the story is. She could be licking assholes. Ryan Gosling uh, likes to focus on the taint. I think, I, I, well, you from, think so? From what I understand, that is kind of his like area of the uh, female undercarriage he likes to really pay attention to. Say it taint true. It is true <laughs> that Ryan Gosling likes to massage, massage, massage <laughs> the taint. All right. All right, Liz Cheney. We're starting off good, baby. Liz Cheney voted out of Republican leadership because, essentially because she refused to go along with the well-documented lie that the election was not free and fair. So uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy called this out, and in, so he uh, wrote a letter to all of his Republican colleagues and Republicans who follow him, and in his letter, uh, he stated, quote, unlike the left, we embrace free thought and debate. And this was in the letter that he was saying, we got to get Liz Cheney out of here. Like, free thought debate, that's literally, she's just, it's it's not even that she's saying something that's different than you. It's that she's living in reality and you aren't. So that <laughs> that is insane to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, we need to embrace free thought and debate, but as long as it's what Hannity says, as long or as, our glorious leader, uh, Orange Muffin Man. As long as it fits our narrative, you can still be a... Uh, um, in the leadership position in the political party. But clearly, the second she was like, no, 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 the election was legit. Joe Biden won. There's, And it's well documented that this this whole idea that there were a bunch of, like a lot of voting fraud, like it's all bullshit. But then Kim Gar's like, no, nah, she's got to go. It's like, it's insane. And the thing is, I don't want to make Liz Cheney out to be some kind of a hero. She's not. I don't like Liz Cheney at all. She's fucking, she's Dick Cheney's daughter for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, and that's probably what uh, She's a war Kevin monk, McCarthy yeah. was saying. Hey, man, you're Dick Cheney's daughter, for Christ's sake. Get on the team, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Dick would have been down with you, this. You remember Halliburton and stuff? Come on, man. Jesus, man. Yeah. All right, moving on to Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen is going off the air after, well, after her upcoming, upcoming season, her 20th season. She's deciding to call it quits. She's insisting she's only uh, stopping her talk show because she wants to do something new. Nothing to do with the fact that her ratings are in the tank after all the, you know, work environment accusations of uh, there's sexual harassment accusations. There was toxic work environment accusations. I've heard she was just I, I think the official thing that I read was that she was just a real bitch. That's the thing. And normally I'd be like, well, whatever, man. She's, you know, she's got a really she's got one of the biggest talk shows in the world. Right. If it's if it comes out that Howard Stern has like sexual harassment, it's like stuff, that makes sense. Yeah. Like that. Not saying that he 
would, no, no, no. I'm just saying, you'd like, expect it, but because Ellen preach, she's built her whole thing about being nice and yes. positive and love yourself and love everyone. Ellen's Apparently, whole, she was a real see you next Tuesday. Her entire brand is that she's like, be kind to people, let's be generous, let's be nice to others. But then you hear all of these stories about celebrities who've gone on her show where she's been a total see you next Tuesday too. Uh, there's tons of stories of fans trying to approach her and say hi, and she's like, hey. Does it look like I'm on my talk show right now? Don't talk to me. Like she's, it's, and I understand to an extent that it gets frustrating when you have all that pressure on you and you have to, you know, keep your composure. But she, again, there are notorious stories about her being a real fucking bitch. You can't, you can't brand yourself on your entire career of being the nice person who promotes generosity and kindness and then be like, fuck you. You just can't do it. Yeah. Hey, am I on my talk show? No, but I thought you were like a decent human. You always say that, like, hug yourself and stuff, Ellen. Yeah, no, fuck you. She and again, with that, and I'm not trying to shun Ellen DeGeneres too much. More like Helen DeGenerates. That's the thing. So it's funny. Every time I was <laughs> trying to type Ellen DeGeneres to you, when I was like, "Here's what we're gonna go over on the uh, current affairs," every time I typed "degenerates," "degenerates" popped up. Like it would, it would autocorrect "degenerate" to "degenerates" so many times. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. Yeah. Well, you know. Whenever the whole Ellen thing first came out, because it's been kind of brewing for like a year or so now, yeah. I would I would like to say that I was more surprised. But she always just kind of like I know what she says and she's dancing and stuff like that. But she always just kind of looked like she didn't give a shit. It was kind of a kind of I it, don't know. Well, I it, wasn't shocked when I heard she's kind of a bitch. So when I was doing a deep uh, like doing a deep dive into her like the whole history, if you look at her bef- like before plastic surgery, like fifteen years ago, she looks like really nice and someone who's really approachable now she looks fucking not terrifying like courtney cox terrifying but she looks a lot more (laughs) like courtney cox does look terrifying yeah yeah uh side note i think it's may 27th the friends reunion is going to be released on hbo max oh shit i'll watch it i'll watch i'm here for it. i'm gonna watch it but yeah ellen looks a lot less approachable post-surgery or however many surgeries she had as opposed to what she looked, and, and again, I understand the in the Hollywood community the pressures to keep your looks up. To, like I'd never make it in Hollywood. That, that, yeah. Like I'm 32, and they'd be like, "Dude, you look you look 50." No, you 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 can't be in anything. <laughs> so I understand the pressure to keep up your looks, but man, she looks way less approachable now than she did in 1997. Yeah. Well, and where's Portia? Are they still together? They're still I'm a big Porsche fan. Yeah, I like the rest of Development. Porsche Rossi's great. Yeah. She's great in Arrested Development. I guess that's the only thing I know her from, but I'm a fan of her in that. It's honestly, I think she was famous before that, but I don't know what for. I think she met it did. I've I've gone to her Wikipedia and I could be way wrong about this, but I wanna say it was like soap operas and stuff. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Or like no, Ally McBeal or something like that, Allie which Mc... is like a soap opera in my mind. But... Bad bad SNL joke, or maybe SNL from back in the day. Ally McBeal, she should try an Ally McMeal. Because <laughs> she's so skinny. Stupid. Gotcha. Stupid. That was an actual SNL joke, or you're saying that? Uh, don't quote me on that. It's definitely a joke someone said Back 15 years ago. Okay. All right. Well, probably like 20 years ago now. Fuck. Jeez, and it's 2021. Yeah, 2021. Like, the Ally McBeal show was popular. 90s? Early 2000s? Late 90s, probably. Yeah. Into the early 2000s, yeah. yeah. It was the Bush years. Anyway. All right, moving on to... John Mulaney. See, this one I didn't, I had no point of reference for. 
Yeah, I mean, John. Besides, Mul- I, I like Johnny Mulaney. John Mulaney, bef- uh, on his rise to fame, known for being a sober guy, mm-hmm. always been sober, and uh, God, you know, I and honestly, very funny comedian. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh, very funny. His bit about uh, Trump being president, being like a horse in a hospital, is great. Yeah, it's a great bit. Uh, but he fell off the wagon. No judgment. The shit happens, and had and went to rehab. Good for him. Got out of rehab. And then was like, I'm getting divorced. Uh, his wife of six years, who he actually in his standup talks about glowingly, like he, oh, yeah, yeah. His, he, I I married a Jewish woman, which I always wanted to do, and I don't mean like, oh, I got one. But yeah, she's that was a, one of his like, he, he's like saying she's a bad Jewish bitch. Yeah, and like he loved her, and then he gets out of rehab, and they're getting divorced. And I was like, this is crazy. I why? And then you find out, yeah. Oh, he's dating Olivia Munn. Oh my my, look who's. Olivia Some, Munn. Something tells me the Olivia Munn thing may have had something to do with his divorce. I don't know that for a fact, eh? but I'm getting those vibes. Eh? I mean, yeah, I'm getting those vibes too. It's. I'm pretty sure it's just a simple case of finding out Olivia Munn would fuck you, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm gone. Oh, you're saying, oh, oh, Olivia oh. Munn, oh. It's like he finally realized he has enough clout to where he, like a lip, like someone like Olivia Munn, who is one of the most attractive women ever. Absolutely. She is unbelievably gorgeous. <laughs> also, great actor. Seems like a, a very seems very funny. Yeah. Yes. I'm not I'm not saying that all of her um she has gotten to where she's gotten to just because of her looks. She, she has to be very little, attractive. She seems a little naughty. Naughty. Well, there are there are some illicit peach sorbet persuasion there are some illicit photos on the internet from when she was dating aaron Rodgers. oh you haven't seen them oh well i'll act like i have okay cool yeah so there are there are some illicit photos of her when she was dating aaron Rodgers that are pretty sexual in nature (laughs) and uh and i get it yeah i get it man uh that being said though you gotta think his relationship with his wife Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm being an idealist here, but if I'm in love with someone and I marry them and then someone really hot and who has a lot of status and clout is right. like, hey, I would fuck you and be like, oh, hey, I'm going to call a lawyer. We're going to get divorced. Like, that's kind of. That's kind of fucked up, I feel like. And you I, would hope that your marriage is stronger or stronger, strong enough to, you know, but maybe this is maybe this is where it's different for celebrities because us yeah. normal people. That's uh, true. They, it's, I've that never been in of, that position. Right, and there's that episode of Entourage where, like, uh, Vince finds the chick. He's, like, by himself for a day. He starts fucking her all day. He's like, we should start fucking all the time. And she's yeah. like, well, no, I can't do that. You were just on my list. And he's like, what? She's like, well, my celebrity list. I always said, my, me and my husband, you know, if I, like... Hall pass. I, yeah, yeah, I can fuck you guilt-free. So, you know, normal people, if I find out Olivia Munn wants to fuck me, you know, I would hope that I would be able to go and fuck her just the once. Do you think Sam would be cool with that? Like if you said, I mean, hey, yeah, we've if, got a list and she could it's say if Hugh Jackman or whoever was Kyle Chandler or some yeah, shit yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Someone who wanted to have sex know, with her. I mean, yeah. Would you be mad if she had someone on her hall pass list? I think I'd be upset if she left me for that person. No, no, no. But if she just but like, if it's hey. just a hall pass situation, you know, that's different. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, it, I don't think we'll ever find theory, ourselves in that situation. Of course not. But, but in theory, we think, oh, we'd be cool with it. But 
I don't know if we would. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. It's it's. But I would like her to be cool with it. If, uh, yeah, if I love you, so mom was like, "Hey, Keenan." Yeah, I got to notice that uh, double standard there. But I—that's probably what happened with John Mulaney. It's hard to think that that's not what happened with John Mulaney. In, that's the thing. We are basing this entire conversation off the fact that we're assuming. Sorry about that. That Windows is here. <laughs> that, that, that was my work email. How am I getting a work email? Ten o'clock and eh, whatever. Well, drink. That's that's the one time a pod. Rob gets a notification. No, no, no. Th- normally it's on the computer. That was on the phone. Okay. I, okay. I silenced the phone. But uh, yeah, so we're assuming this conversation is based off of a lot of assumptions that John Mulaney found out that Olivia Munn wanted to have sex. And he was like, all right, well, I'm this out. This is our real buzz narrative of yeah. what happened. So we, I don't know that for a fact. Just no. based off the information I have, that's what it seems like. Yeah, because he did talk glowingly about his wife. When I when I was in college, I would drive. He seemed like he really loved her. Right. I would drive back from Maryville. It's only like an hour and a half drive, but I would listen to the Aziz Ansari Pandora station. Aziz I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's where I found John Mulaney because he'd come up a lot of times. So I, I listened to like New Kid in Town or whatever a lot and... Um, those specials, and he talked about not only like his wife and um, stuff like that, but his sobriety and shit. So when you said we we're gonna do John M- Mulaney getting out of rehab, I was like, "What the fuck? He was in yeah. rehab? I guess he went in back in December and got Long out in t- February." Yeah, it, it wasn't like rehab light. It was it's sixty day inpatient, sixty day rehab. And I guess he was doing normally. Blow, the, yeah, he was drinking and well, doing the cocaine. Yeah, he said in college he'd like to do the cocaine, the cocaine, like to drink a lot, yeah. uh, and then you know he. <laughs> figured out he was going too hard and was like, I got to, you know, cut this out. Which good for him. And, and he, he recognized you know, it. And clearly he did. Rehab. He, yeah, he figured it out. He has, and he had this massive rise to fame because he was a Saturday Night Live writer, never a, a, a member of the cast, which I right. found insane. He would have been a great cast member. He does great when he comes on and uh, like now that he hosts, he's hosted before and his episodes are pretty fun. Do you even know about Saturday Night Live? That's, my- That's a pretty good job, Mulaney. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty good. It's, uh, it, you know, peace and love. Uh, Wish him nothing but the best. I'm I sorry feel, we're making accusations that you uh, dipped on your wife for Olivia Munn. But. That being said, I... And Olivia Munn, if you're it, a home wrecker, then what's nah, up with that? I, I, why, I, why you got to do that, Olivia? That's I, I don't know cool. if that's it. I'm not going to do that to Olivia Munn. Ah, fuck it. Maybe I will. Yeah, maybe she's a home wrecker. <laughs> I don't I, know that she is. I feel terrible for his wife, though. I do, too. I really that's do. What, yeah, I feel bad for you. It's just like, think about that. How, it's just... He, from all, from everything you could see about his career and how he talked about her, he was deeply in love, deeply in love with this woman. And then Olivia Munn was like, yo, John Mulaney, I'll catch that dick. And he was like, later. <laughs> I wonder if that's the exact text that she said. Hey, let me catch that dick. <laughs> you know what, Olivia Munn? You don't want the hot goss? I've seen those pictures of you and Aaron Rodgers, and I will leave my wife. That's a pretty good John Mulaney. All right. Maybe I haven't heard him in a while, but that's pretty good. Moving on to the movie that we have reviewed once, but are reviewing again. This is The Rock Redo. Redux. The Redux. Yeah. Release date was June 7th, 1996. This is available on Amazon Prime for $2.99 on standard D. If you want high D, which (laughs) I love the high D. You're gonna you're gonna pay three ninety nine, but hey, you pay for the D, you get. Am you I right? pay for the D, exactly. Only an extra dollar to increase that D from standard to high. Come if, on, don't tell me you wouldn't pay one dollar more for HD as opposed to SD. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. 
For that short dick or that high dick. Exactly. You know? Director Michael Bay. We've done Michael Bay a million times because we've done a bunch of his movies. So I'm going to do five fun facts for Michael Bay. Number one. So they shot over a million feet of this film. Oh, sorry. Let me start again. <laughs> Michael Bay shot over a million feet of film for his feature Pearl Harbor back in 01. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Oh, one. yeah, that was a big one. Kate Beckinsale. Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. True story about Pearl Harbor. Saw it in theaters. Yeah. And the theater was so jam-packed. Like, everyone was so fucking stoked to see that movie that I had to sit in the very front row. Well, and, like, look you know, all the way up at the screen. I don't remember. I did see it in theaters. I think I had a decent seat. But I also, the, the thing I mostly remember is because I got it for Christmas, like, 2002 oh it was an intense dvd case it was huge it was two dvds yeah. they couldn't fit the whole fucking movie but anyway so he shot a million feet of footage for this film a million feet of film and the final cut only had twenty thousand feet of film so think about how long this movie is on twenty thousand feet of film michael bay shot a million feet of film that's insanity yeah i mean there are people starving in africa and michael bay is like i'm gonna shoot a million feet of film and I mean, real film. It's, this is before it was all digital. Probably only five thousand feet of that is actually good film, too. Yeah. So when that I movie sucks, we should do that movie on this podcast. It's still so long. But yeah, the the thing about that is when I got um, when I received the dual DVD case, I was like, well, the first DVD is bullshit. I, I always started with the second one. Yeah, that's the way so, to do. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, all the good stuff happens in the second part of the DVD. Yeah, it's Alec like Baldwin first... shows up in the second one. The best. He has yeah. such a great performance. Oh, he does such a great job. It's so... What would I do? Well, I can't tell you what I would do. But if I was... You know what he's talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's talking about, I, if my plane was going down, I'd try to find the camp. And I'd, I'd... I'd find the most Japs I could and <laughs> yeah. drive my plane into those bastards and kill as many as possible. That's pretty much what he says. But yeah. that's just me. But that's just me. Yeah. Coffee's for closes. Number two, all of his movies up to and including Armageddon made him the youngest director to reach a billion dollars at the box office. Oh. So after Armageddon, which he's had a bunch of large, like a bunch of huge movies after Armageddon, he already had a billion dollars yeah, at the box office. Which go listen to that episode. We did that movie. It's a good it's one. Pretty early on. If I remember, we did it around Christmas time. We but anyway. did. And we were supposed to have someone who was a NASA representative on that episode, yeah. but she backed out because, well, well if you listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, no. What's, yeah. Well, we booked her, <laughs> and then she listened to a couple episodes and was like, yeah, no, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys are a little too graphic. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get uh, it. It's the same reason you had to take, uh, you know, real buzz takes out of your dating profiles. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. No, I had so many people unmatch me after they they're like I listen to the podcast. I was like, mm, unmatch. I'm like, ah, oh, then you're not for me. <laughs> All right, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, number three, he has won two Razzie Awards for worst director, and both of them were for Transformers sequels. So yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, that seems about right. I never saw any of those movies, but it seems about right. One of them was for the one with Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg. And the that, Funky Bunch. That guy beat up a, a an Asian guy really badly back in the day. Really? Oh, yeah. Is when he was young. I'm not saying it's, it, it's not bad. It was terrible. But I think he's been duly reformed since then. Yeah. Number four, he is an adopted child. so he's Michael a, Bay is. Yes, he's a okay. child. Not, not Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I, have, haven't you watched the Wahlbergers? The Wahlbergers. Reality TV show? Yeah, no. I think the mom just died. Oh, well, rest in peace, Mama Wahlberger. Yeah. That sucks. 
But no, clearly he wouldn't. No. Michael Bay, an adopted child. And number five, he has directed seven films that were nominated for Best Sounding Mixing Oscar. <laughs> so basically... <laughs> okay. Basically... So shit this, he had nothing to do with. Really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, got moving, a good sound mixer. Moving on to Cats. Cats. I mean, cats. <laughs> yeah, I say cats. You say cats. I used to say cats, it, though. It's it, fucking with me. I know. We switched. Cast. Uh, Sean Connery as John Mason. James Bond, man. Yep. Oh, we'll get there. Don't oh. worry. Nicholas Cage as Stanley Goodspeed and Ed Harris as General Francis X. Hummel. Honorable mention, too. There's a lot. Booking Woodbine. Of course. Yeah. David Morse as Major Tom Baxter, John C. McGinley as Captain Hendricks, William Forsyth as Ernest Paxton, Michael Bain as Commander Anderson, Bokeem Woodbine as Sar- hey, Sergeant Crisp, and Raymond Cruz as Sergeant Rojas. That's Tuco from Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, old Tuco's in there. Yep, early role for Tuco. Well, yeah, yeah. Is he the one that, uh, he's not the one that initially shoots them down in the showers. No, no, Is no, it he, Tuco? He's kind of got that... Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got shaved the little, head, yeah. ponytail thing. You know, he's Tuco. <laughs> Shout out to Bokeem Woodbine. I, I, or Bokeem Woodbine. I Bo-ke- don't know yeah. why, but I just fucking love that guy. Anything that he's in, I'm like, I, I love me some Bokeem. I'm so surprised he's not in more things. I, he should have been in he more sh- things. He should be in more things. He was, like, he's not dead. I think he was in The Leftovers, that HBO show. Was he? And he just kind of showed up with, randomly. With, and I was with like, Justin Thoreau. Fucking Bokeem Woodbine. I tried to get in to The Leftovers couldn't do it i got super into it i liked it for a while and then uh like the first two seasons and then they weren't gonna make a third season but the fans like convinced them yeah i wanted a third yeah and then i never finished the third season so. it's like dexter dexter um yeah that doesn't need to come back though probably right well it had a an ending that wasn't popular with the viewers and now showtime is bringing it back for a one more season they called a mini series but it's one more season yeah where they're gonna try and redo the whole thing yeah, well, whatever. All right. <laughs> Sean Connery. Before this, known for Dr. No, From Russia with Love, Thunderball, Goldfinger, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, Throw Your Diamonds in the Sky if You Feel the Vibe. Uh, I feel it. Never Say Never Again, Highlander, The Untouchables, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and The Hunt for Red October. Great. All, all just great films. Yeah. You did leave out uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> which i'm sorry what that was a movie he did in like 1958 or some shit yeah it that's why Disney i didn't put movie. it on there but he sings a song in it it's like a musical darby o'gill and the little people yeah that's great no one's gonna know that oh people know that one no way it's the same patrick's day classic i guarantee you no one has heard of that oh people know about it all right after this known <laughs> for the avengers not the Marvel heroes. Oh, I remember the but Avengers, the, yeah. But the crazy weather movie with Uma Thurman. <laughs> That's what it is. It is. Kind of, but it's based off like a British TV show. Yeah, but they're weather terrorists. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's just in that one movie. I don't think that, like, well, whatever. He was in that one movie, so I guess it is a weather I'm movie. pretty sure Ralph Fiennes is in that, too. Oh, yeah. He's the, like the main guy. Yeah. Him and Uma Thurman. They're banging the whole time, right? <laughs> no, I don't Pretty know. sure I, that I've seen it since I was I don't kid. know about yeah. I remember a there's a blind woman in it. Yeah. And they, she's like the bad guy. Yeah, Helen Keller's in there. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh also Helen no- Degenerates. <laughs> also known for 
Entrapment, fantastic movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones. I remember the laser scene. So good. Yeah. Well, no, you remember where she's uh, rehearsing for the lasers. That's what it is. With uh, all the red strings and the bells. Yeah, and her butt's going up in the air. And it's then a fantastic. Oh, my God. The... It is the most erotic scene I've ever... Let me ask you something. You ever think about Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones fucking... I mean, not until just right now. I I have thought about because when I was a kid, I remember seeing that movie yeah. and being like, "My God!" And she was in Zorro too, and just being like, "My God!" Yeah, she was very very attractive. And then I watched some movie. I saw Michael Douglas, and my dad was like, "Oh, that's who Catherine Zeta Jones is married to." I was like, "That old fucking guy." Yeah, Michael Douglas has ate so much pussy that he right. was like, "I got throat cancer from eating so much pussy." That's the most baller move ever. It's like, I got throat cancer. Like, how'd you get it? I ate too much pussy. Exactly. So now Insane. that I'm older, I guess I. Get Get it he's very generous he was probably going down on her from day one or whatever you hey, know? Man. if that's the standard i definitely have throat cancer you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i just started I, i'm gonna die like in a week oh because he eats so much because i ate so much pussy yeah like dude i like there's like every time i come home from work it's just a pussy buffet is it yeah yeah, a hundred. You just opening up different buffet things. And I'm just like, like, oh, 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 this this is oh yeah, well, that, that's good. Yeah, I'll have a, yeah, a couple. I'll have a portion of that. Anyway, so I just was watching Ant Man, and the whole time, like Michael Douglas looks pretty old now, and I'm just like, man, I wonder if he's still eating that's that. Because box. he is very old, yeah. and I guarantee you, he is. Michael Douglas is the kind of guy that claims he gets cancer from eating pussy, but then still continues to eat pussy. Yeah. He's like, it, it's it's like a cigarette like, smoker. Yeah. <laughs> I got like, emphysema. I got emphysema, but I'm not going to quit. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got the throat cancer from eating pussy, but come sit on my face, Catherine. Anyway. Also, Sean is known for uh, his last predominant <laughs> film was Finding Forrester. God, I loved that fucking Great movie. movie. He plays that uh, reclusive writer who... Fuck. Uh, kind of uh, becomes a uh, what's the word like a mentor to this younger kid who is black kid and, and who's living in a bad situation and he kind of fosters him like hey you've got talent you should write and he becomes a good writer. Who's the man now, dog? <laughs> he says that to the guy. Yes. And my dad used to say that to me. Lucius, you, you fucked up. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you All right, you're bashed. <laughs> That's what you got to. Nicholas Cage, before this, known for the first prominent film I remember him from is Raising Arizona. Oh, yeah. Then there was The Vegas Honeymoon, which is essentially where he gets a gambling debt. And then it was like, hey, James Caan is the uh, antagonist in that movie. And he's like, hey, you can pay your debt off if you let me fuck your wife. He's like, sweet. Oh. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, here's my wife. Oh, that's and that's and then the credits roll. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then James Con fucked his wife. The credits roll. And he's like, I pay my debt. All right. Yeah, that's not exactly how. There's it goes. a post credit cream pie if you watch the director's cut. Oh my god, dude! Um, my mom asked me. She's like, "What's a cream pie?" I'm like, "Oh no." I'm like, "Ma, it's uh, you know, it's like when people make a pie and they put cream in it. You know, yep. it's like a coconut. It's yep. like a coconut cream pie. That's the it's like, only no, no, no. answer." Someone told me at work that it was it was the kind of a sexual thing. I'm like, no, nope, never heard of it. No, I never don't... heard of it. Sounds like whoever you work with is pretty erotic. Because I mean, I have, I'm a prude. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> After this, Nicolas Cage is known for Con Air, Face Off, Snake Eyes, Eight Millimeter, Gone in Sixty Seconds, Wind Talkers, Matchstick Men, National Treasure franchise, The Wicker Man, Ghost Rider franchise. Bangkok Dangerous, arguably the best name for a movie ever, mm -hmm. and it's a great movie. Yeah. 
Very good. I remember you saying that you want to do that on this. I want to do Bangkok Daydreams. We should so just much. turn this into the Real Buzz Nick Cage podcast because as you were saying oh. his fucking movies, it's like, God, we should do that one. We should do that one. Well, Nick Cage has the holy trinity of movies. He did this movie, The Rock. Then he did Con Air. Then he did Face Off. Face Off, so great. Oh, my God. That's the holy trinity of films. And then, I mean, Gone in 60 Seconds you could do. Also did Kick-Ass, The Croods franchise, and most recently, Willy's Wonderland, which... He doesn't speak in that he's the main character in that film and doesn't speak. Yeah. It's like uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's. Nicholas Cage life. is the only guy who can be the uh, main attraction for a film and never speak and be like, yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. He has reached that. He's certainly reached that, like, um, and I, I won't say that. I guess I will say it. he's kind of like Keanu Reeves in the sense that, like, now he transcends just being an actor or whatever. It's like, He's Nick Cage, and if you see him in something, you never like. If he's I not saw an Nick actor, Cage, he's more yeah. of like an idea. Yeah, like he's uh he's a theme. It's like, oh, right. Nick Cage in the movie. Like, he, oh, great. He used to try to be a serious actor. Now he's just Nick Cage. I feel like, you yeah. Know? It, no, you're 100 percent correct. He, he did that history of cuss words on Netflix. Yeah, I only watched the first episode, but it was kind of funny. He's like, fuck, what a great word. I love saying fuck. Not, fuck, such a great word. Not fuck, in this fuck, movie. Fuck. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, because it's not R, is it? It is definitely R. Oh, it's totally R. A hundred percent. Yeah, never mind. And he is currently shooting a TV miniseries, uh, miniseries where Minnesota, he, Minnesota, where he plays Joe Exotic. That I, that is a miniseries. I will like if you told me. All right, it's miniseries, a mini a miniseries. If, if you told me that, I'd say, why'd you say it? Like it's that? a miniseries where Nicolas Cage plays Joe Exotic. I'm like, yeah. I'm in. I will pay a lot of money to watch that. Joe Exotic, actually, we should have brought this up in the news. I saw that he's now saying he's got prostate cancer. He hasn't been diagnosed, but he's saying that he has prostate cancer. And so Biden needs to pardon him. Well, hey, man, I mean, why wouldn't you believe him? He seems like he's qualified I, well, yeah. to make that kind of diagnosis. Yeah. Well, I do think he's got some like medical results. His certain levels are super high, but he hasn't been officially officially diagnosed. But he's telling everyone that he he knows he's got it. So yeah, he's he's good luck, Joe. He's, I'm pulling for you, man. What what's the phrase? He's living on bar. He's living on borrowed time. He's living on a prayer. Oh, we're halfway there. Ed oh! Harris. Ed Harris. Before this, known for The Abyss, The Firm, Apollo 13, and Milk Money. After this, known for Absolute Power, The Truman Show, Enemy at the Gates, Radio, Gone Baby Gone. National Treasure 2. I didn't realize he was in one of those. Oh, yeah. He's a bad guy. Well, there you go. Uh, he was in, I never made that connection, though. He was in Pain and Gain, Snowpiercer, Geostorm, uh, played a prominent role as an antagonist. I say that with a question mark in Westworld. Yeah. And is also going to be in the upcoming Top Gun Maverick, which I am so excited for. I'm stoked. Dude, I just reading Top Gun Maverick, I've got a fucking massive boner i was not stoked at all until we did the top gun episode very stoked. oh now that you've seen the first now one, that yeah. i've seen the movie i'm i'm super stoked have you it. watched any of the trailers no i oh want to go God. in blind a little bit okay you know you were going to be blown away yeah i'm telling you because trailers oftentimes just they end up letting me down you know that's fair, but and that's mostly in regards to when films try and brand movies in a way that people want to go see them, but then the movie's way different than what the trailer portrays. Right. And again, I haven't seen the film, but I don't think that's the case here. 
Right. I think it's going to be good. All right. All right. And moving on to net worths. Two chains. Sean Connery. Uh, rest in peace. First off, yes. let me say that. Rest in power. Uh, the first time we recorded this episode, he was still alive. And uh, now that we're doing it, he's not. So, you know, rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace, Sean Con. Ruth Conda forever. What? <laughs> that shit pisses me off so much. You didn't hear about that? No. It's like uh, some lady tweeted out after RGB died, which was like shortly after Chadwick Boseman died. You're talking uh, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? R- right. RBG. RBG, not yeah. RGB. That's the Red, notorious Green, Blue. RBG. RBG. Yeah. Um, after she died, some lady tweeted out, just told my nine-year-old daughter about the news about RBG, and she did the Wakanda pose and said, Ruth Conda forever, and people just gave that lady a bunch of shit. Like, that never happened. As they should. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen That's later. That's awful. That's terrible. <laughs> Ruth Conda forever. What? Yeah, now I've now I've ruined your day too. I'm very I? upset about this. <laughs> yeah. What? No, that's yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah, that's just a big disrespect to Chadwick Boseman. Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. I think it's disrespectful to both of them. I think it's disrespectful in general. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. I, to everyone. It's, some lady making some shit up that her daughter said, which ne- she never said, just to get some tweets. God, Twitter's the worst. Yeah, I, 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 don't tweet. Ruth Conda forever. Well, now that I've ruined all of your days with yeah, that. Yeah, that was awful. Please redeem yourself. Continue. Uh, I'm going to guess he was worth 100 mil? No. He's worth 350 million. Jeez. Bro, uh, he was in seven James Bond movies. Yeah, that's true. Come on, man. Yeah. He yeah. is the quintessential James Bond. It's him. We've done this, but I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to do it again. Okay. Ranking our James Bonds. Connery's definitely one. Yeah. It, I'll put I'm, Craig at two. Th- okay. That's the, I'm only interested in your number two. My number two is Craig as well. Yeah. I I would, if you would have asked me this in 2010, I would have said not Daniel Craig is number two. Who was your number two in 2010? Probably Pierce Brosnan, just because I grew up with him. So, like, he he's probably my number three. Pierce is your number three? Probably. I, I'm good with that. My and num- then I would go Roger Moore. That's because you're a piece of shit. Right. No, it's because he did a fuck ton of movies, and they're actually pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I, they're fun. I can't put Lazenby or movies. Dalton super high. Dalton, I, would, I only liked one of his two. I'm going to put Dalton and Lazenby over Roger Moore, both of them over Roger Moore. Yeah, that's fine. That's where Judo Chop came from, because Roger Moore was like, well, I don't like to shoot people, so I think you're James fucking Bond. I watched... Uh, you have a license to kill, and you're like... Boo! I was watching The Spy Who Shagged Me last night, and uh, it's just so funny. Anyway. It's a great movie. Yeah, great movie. All of all three of the Austin Powers movies, I like them all. All right, Nicolas Cage. What is his net worth? I'm going to guess 100 mil. Uh, not a bad guess. 25 million, but I think Whoa. He, I think he went through a really big financial struggle 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 with All right. Robbie let's, drank a little bit before let's just the say podcast. I I had a couple of I had a couple I met <laughs> some get that out there. I met some friends for a pre podcast uh Cocktail party. session. Yes. It sounds like, yeah. But yeah, Nicolas Cage, 25 million. I think he went through some issues with the IRS. Well, yeah, that's why he's doing anything that he can fucking get yeah, his hands on. I nowadays. think that's why he evolved into that. I'll do anything I can, which is why he's done so many terrible movies. If you, the fact he's at 25 million, I think, think speaks a lot to him. Yeah, good for him. Um, if you had back when I used to have Comcast cable, back when I was 
uh, hoity-toity and paid for cable. Either. Yeah, ba- well, no, back when cable was a thing. Like, cable's right, not a thing anymore. Right, nobody's got that anymore. Yeah. But if you're listening to this and you still have Comcast cable, if you go to movies on demand and the movies that are, like, available to rent, there's going to be six Nick Cage movies that you've never heard of. That are all terrible. Yeah, and there's, like, 80 new features. There'll be six of them that are Nick Cage movies. One where he's, like, the captain of a ship. One where he's like a homeless person. One like, where he's, he's going to avenge his daughter's death. Yeah. Like, it's all that shit. And I've, and I've watched all of them. I mean, in the last year and a half in the, in the pandemic, I've if Nick Cage is in it, I'm going to watch it. You, oh, you're going to check it out? And I've definitely watched a lot of Nick Cage films that were very low budget, where most of the budget went to him being in the movie. Right. And not like he was paid a ton. Like, like it was a, a $15 million budget movie, and like seven went to him. Yeah. Well, you got to pay if you want that Nick Cage, man. He he brings people in, man. If you want to rage, get the cage. You That's a perfect saying? transition to Ed Harris. <laughs> uh, $20 million. $25 million. All right. Him and Nick Cage hanging out. I think he's underrated. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, he, not underrated, undervalued. I would, Ed Harris should be 30, again, I'm putting, he has plenty of money. But like I, I put him more like I would put him at like a thirty million, thirty five million. Okay, that's fair. Uh, he can be at that as long as you put me at like one million or something. Keenan, I think I deserve a million. dollars. That's the thing, Keenan. I completely agree with you. You know, I think you I should. Think you deserve a million. You, dollars des- you as should well. be worth at least one million. Thank you. At least. I'm not asking for much. No, and the thing is, like, just based off of the interactions I've had with you from the time, like, I've known you since I was. 17? Yeah. I'm now 32. So yeah. half my life. Yeah. You should have a million dollars. Thank you. At I, least. I think you should have a million and a half. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's probably generous. I want you to have a little bit more than that's me. That's probably generous, you know, but thank you. You've been around on this earth for two years longer. That's worth no, a half a million no, no, dollars. I, I, I think know? a million's fine. But all right, we're going to move <laughs> on to specs and deets. Yes, indeed. Runtime on this film was 136 minutes. It's long. It could be two hours. It should be two hours, and even that's long, but I, I could take two hours. It just, it's a Michael Bay film, so he always gets gratuitous with the action scenes, and we'll get into it in the Real Buzz Rundown, but he's very gratuitous with the action yeah. scenes. It's insane. It's, um, the movie is called The Rock, and it takes them an hour and 10 minutes until Goodspeed actually gets, gets into on The Rock. The Rock so. It's a two hour and 15 minute movie, so over half the movie passes before they're on the Rock. So I guess that's kind of like Pearl Harbor, too, because that's a three-hour movie, and it takes like an hour and a half, two hours until the actual attack. You've got to deal with so much bullshit love story and backstory for Michael Bay is a great director, but he is definitely... A little he, melodramatic he's gratuitous. at times. Yeah. Like he just He draws things out when they don't need to be. The whole John Patrick Mason needing to see his daughter, like that whole angle could have just been cut from the movie entirely. The whole thing. It humanizes John Mason kind of like the whole time they're planning things in to make sure that this, the same thing with Ed Harris's character. The whole time they're planning little Easter eggs. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy's doing something bad, but he's not a bad person. Right. Oh, and, yeah. There's a lot with Ed Harris. We'll get into it. But. Yeah. Uh, budget, $75 million. Open at $25 million. Grossed 134 million domestically, 335 million globally. Made some money. This movie did well, yeah. as it should have. It was a good movie. I've been to Alcatraz, and if you go there to this day, well, it was like five years ago I was there. So, so you've taken you've taken the I've tour? taken the tour. Was it the same guy? Uh, Ranger this Bob. This is the Rock. Yeah, Ranger. Yeah. Welcome to the Rock. No, it was actually a self guided tour, so they were just fucking 
Somehow I think that that's better. Walk around. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, you walk around anywhere you want to check it out. But um, in the gift shop, they sell copies of this movie and like of course posters for this movie and stuff it's like the rock. that. So they've embraced it. And honestly, this movie is how I learned about Alcatraz. It's the reason I wanted to go to Alcatraz, not Trez. Trez. I, uh, I learned about Alcatraz when I watched the movie, the Clint Eastwood movie, Escape from Alcatraz. See, I watched that after I got home from going to Alcatraz. Also a good movie. It, it is a good movie. It's good. Um, and also... It's, it's old, but yeah. it's, it's good. I think it's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. It's either two or four that there's a level You can skate at Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. All right, plot keywords. Number one. Yes, indeed words. Alcatraz. Oh, that works. Fair. Number two, chemical weapon. Number three, terrorist. Number four, interrupted sex. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. FBI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the, the FBI. The FBI. <laughs> naughty, naughty. Pitbulls, naughty. Number five, British intelligence. Ah, uh, that works. Yeah, it works. All right. Uh, sorry, so, uh, sailor. It was the army, actually. Army, actually. Uh, n- moving on to taglines. These are great. They're fantastic. I love them all. <laughs> First one, get ready to rock. Oh, boy. Pretty good. Get ready to rock. Huh? Pretty good. Number, oh, man. The second one, America is rocking. Jesus. Pretty good. I don't know about these rock puns. I love them. Okay. The last one, cocked, locked, and ready to rock. Well, that is a line from the movie. It's a line from the movie, but it also... It has a double meaning because obviously they're on the rock. Like obviously, there's yeah. a rock theme in yeah. these. Oh yeah, a little yeah. bit. I'm surprised there's not one that's like the rock paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Keenan! You could write taglines. The rock beats scissors. But nowadays, if you did that, you would think that the rock was in the movie. So, well, see, that's the thing. When I was trying to look for drops, I was like, the rock drops. All I got was Dwayne Johnson yeah. shit. The whole yeah. thing. Like this is like Dwayne Johnson has surpassed this movie tenfold where he's the rock like he is the rock you type now. the rock and you do not get this movie yeah. for 11 lines have you seen the movie based off my name have you smelled what the rock's cooking which always seemed gross to me that's such a gross yeah well he's in the kitchen yeah yeah nothing he can do smells good though right someone's in the kitchen with dwayne johnson someone's that's... in the kitchen i know yeah, you know on that note <laughs> Is the time where we do the canopsis. Please give us your canopsis, Cannabis Keenan. He just wants to know if you can smell what he's cooking, man. Maybe he's making some pies and paella. Yeah, and maybe stuff. he's making some dirty old ball gravy. Maybe he's it. making a cream pie. Oh, you know? all right. That's fair. Show okay. your mom what it's all about. She does. I, I did not. I will never <laughs> explain to my mother what a cream pie It's disgusting. Hey, mom, it's when some guy comes on a girl's vagina, but not inside. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, Jesus Christ! That's a cream pie. Oh my! From God. what I've understood from the Pornhub. Anyway, I've here watched. we go. It's not my thing, but here like, hey, go. man, it's pretty popular. God damn it! Stanley Goodspeed is just looking for a good old-fashioned cream pie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but now he's tied up in the rock. Uh, uh, anyway, all right, here we go for real. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> I just keep thinking. Sorry, uh, anyway. I, I threw you out for the cream pie thing. Uh, Stanley Goodspeed is a chemical weapons expert for the FBI, and he's about to find out that working for the FBI ain't all it's cracked up to be. 
the Rab Schneider thing from last week. The carrot. Rab Schneider is the carrot. After a group of domestic terrorists seize control of Alcatraz, Goodspeed has teamed up with the original James Bond to take down the baddies and regain control of The Rock in The Rock. I always liked that uh, that line that Connery says, like, oh, well, we'll make it appear between The Rock and he's not a, a hard place, but a rock and a, uh, I can't think of it, but he makes a, a pun like you're in a rock, like it's a, uh, it's like saying in a rock and a hard place, but like you're between the rock and a hard person or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Very funny. <laughs> Good reference to the phrase, Sean Connery. Yeah. I don't know if that was ad-libbed or if, if that was writing either way. He's got so many great lines in this movie. You must never hesitate. You must never hesitate. And then that knife goes straight to that guy's fucking throat. Womack! Why am I not surprised, you piece of shit? <laughs> yeah, he's great. Gotta man. do it. Gotta do it. Womack! Womack! <coughs> now it's time for the Real Buzz Rundown. I will start with... I brought this up before, but uh, do people actually... Is this a thing that happens in real life where people visit deceased loved ones' graves and talk to them? I don't think people actually do that. I think that's like a movie trope. No, people do that. You think you, yeah, do people, people do, do that? that? That's the thing. I'm blessed enough to where I haven't lost enough of my loved ones to have the opportunity to go to their grave and and speak to them but i definitely think it's a thing that's no pun intended dying off a little bit oh boy um because i think more people are starting to be cremated and shit like that yeah you know so they're just on somebody's mantle place ultimately okay uh but i definitely think you know if in movies people are buried in the ground and they got a headstone you know you go and check it out and hey how you doing but in movies it just seems like um a thing they do just to provide more plot exposition. So like they're like, we learn a lot about Ed Harris's character and the character of his character from when you like, I'm sorry, oh. I'm sorry, Barb, I've got to do this. And it's just like, it's okay. Right. So it's so just Michael Bay, just having fun, just slow jerking it. Like, Oh, at the beginning of the movie, we're going to have Ed Harris. Like, we're going to play some really, really fucking monumental music. And we're gonna have Ed Harris Some like slow music. Yeah, just like the to flag being explain that he's not really a bad guy. They're not gonna come and get us, are they, sir? Oh my god, we're back! We're gonna go down! Oh, oh we're not, they're not coming for us, are they, sir? Like, it, it, Hold on now. We're gonna get to you. This is this is Ed Harris. We gotta get to him. Hold on, son. Oh my god, they're not coming for us, are they, sir? Yeah, I mean it's it's very not like grotesque in like a violent sense, but just Michael Bay just like slow jerking it to himself with his editing and stuff. And I love that the title shot because it's very dramatic. It's like, like yeah, the flag yeah, on yeah. the grave. It's got but the then it goes the rock and it's all in flames and shit. Like <laughs> yeah. The rock. All right. So question, though, like, it, one, once you die, do you want to be buried like with your body or, or do you want to get cremated? Neither. I want to okay. be taxidermied. That's really wild. <laughs> I really respect it. But uh, so here's my thought. I want to be cremated only because one reason. So let's say you're dead. And let's, <laughs> okay. Let's say we're, right, let, in this let, hypothetical, let, yeah, we're let, dead. Let's say we're dead. Okay. What if you were dead, but you still had some kind of consciousness? I'd rather be burned and like have it over with than just like live in a fucking coffin for eternity. Well, you're gonna, you're eventually gonna uh, decompose. Yeah, you know. 
I would rather be. I want to be burned. I'm going to get cremated. When I when I was in confirmation classes from sixth to eighth grade, you're Catholic. No, but Lutherans do it too. So I I went through confirmation and such. But we had this guest, okay, preacher lead the class one night or whatever. Yeah, and he was like, for all those of you, like, pretty much this guy just came to class. I guess one Wednesday night just to give us his fire and brimstone. He was very different from Pastor Ted or Pastor Lieb who usually taught the classes. So this guy comes and he's like, for all you out there sitting there thinking that if you're going to be cremated and you're going to still accept the glory and get in the glory that is heaven, you think again. If you cremate yourself, you are disrespecting the Lord. God damn it. And he was basically... And I mean that, God damn it. Religion sucks. What what he was basically getting at was that if you create cremate yourself, you're fucking with God's process to let your body decompose. He was saying the only way you can get into heaven... He said, basically, you die, and then there's nothing until your body decomposes. And once you're fully decomposed, that's when you get the glory that is God. It's dumbest shit I've ever and you heard. And you can't speed up the process it's by cremating yourself. Dumbest shit I've ever heard. And I remember being there in like 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, whichever year, because I went for three years, but whatever year that happened in, and being like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Religion so, is bullshit. There you go. Uh, so that's why I'm going to choose option C, and I'll be taxidermied. With my right hand up for a high five, and then I want my left hand just kind of out like this, so people can, you know, put a beer in there or something. Or I'm kind of likely here for it'll that. be it'll be people putting dildos and shit in there, probably like fucking with my dead body. But you know. I'm definitely here for that because at least you're not buried in the ground in a coffin. Like I part of it, part of this wanting to be cremated comes from the fact that I'm very claustrophobic. I can't imagine. Like again, I'm dead. Like yeah, it doesn't probably. And if here's the kicker, if somehow I could get. He's from Missouri, too. I need to talk to John Hamm. If I could get him to give me his hog after he dies. Oh so God. it can be sewed onto my taxidermy body. That'd be pretty dope. So people are like, oh, look, Eden had John Hogg between his legs the whole time. John Hogg. John Ham Hogg over there. Anyway, uh, that's also, a callback to a different episode. I also thought the use of non-lethal weapons was completely negated. If the non-lethal weapon like jettisons your enemy... We're talking at the very beginning. Uh, yeah, so right when they're um, stealing the VX gas, mm-hmm. so they're using all of these non-lethal weapons. Like they make it a a, a point to say, like, hey, we're you know we're not killing these people. The darts are going to wear off in thirty minutes. Yeah, but so but the guy he sh- shoots a non-lethal beanbag at this guy, but he <laughs> he flies out a window down like a twenty-five foot fall. It's like okay, he's dead or, yeah. or paralyzed probably. And then right after that. There's a one of the dudes walking up uh, like a concrete staircase, and this dude like breaks his neck and throws him down the staircase. Like that dude, if he's not dead, he's at least paralyzed for the rest of his 100%. life. A hundred percent. Like the, the whole non-lethal thing, I think, was completely negated yeah. in this movie. Like, like use non-lethal weapons. No, but that guy who fell out the window still died for sure. Well, if he didn't die, he he's definitely fucking a paraplegic. Yeah, and then the dude that. Got his fuck it, like you see his head crush on the staircase as yeah. he goes down. It's like, well, that guy's fucked. And also, if you, if you think about it, Major Baxter's uh, apology to the man violently dying from VX gas before his eyes didn't seem overly sincere in my opinion. He was just like, sorry. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. So, yeah. You watch this man die. They break in. They get the rockets. I, I do think that's a bit of Michael Bay just couldn't fucking help himself. And he's like, I got to give some exposition about what this VX like. We got to show that it's real. We got to show it's really terrible. So as they're yeah. breaking in, one of the bad guys drops the thing and then he gets locked in there. So you can see that shit will fuck you up right from the start of the movie. hundred percent. You know, the VX gas is not to be played with. So and if you fast forward to when uh, Stanley Goodspeed and his 
student assistant whatever are uh, they get that <laughs> they get that box that fucking really um suspicious box that that has some kind of sarin gas in it it doesn't seem like they're trained at all to stab themselves in the heart with like this this guy doesn't he's like you want me to stab this in my heart like he doesn't even seem like he ever was like, t- like he was never trained to do so but he was never told it was even an option right it's insane yeah well and before right before that scene so you you see the vx people or you see hummel and his crew breaking in stealing the vx gas and then you're introduced to stanley goodspeed who let's just talk about right now goodspeed by the end of the movie not so bad but at the beginning huge fucking douchebag real nerd he gets he gets but the vinyl of the way. Beatles. He's like, why don't you just get a CD? First off, because I'm a Beatle maniac. I'm a Beatle maniac. Oh, you're such a douchebag, man. I don't know. Why don't you buy the CD for twelve ninety nine? Because it doesn't sound the same. I'm a Beatle maniac. I'm a Beatle maniac, bro. And then how he goes down there and he's just always talking his little quips and stuff like that. I don't know. And then when he's talking to his significant other and she's like, I'm pregnant. After right after he's like, no one should ever have a baby. It's a, it's a fucking... It's like torturing someone. No one should ever have babies. Like I'm pregnant. He's like, whoa, whoa, marriage police, slow <laughs> yeah, down. No, so he, yeah, he, yeah. So he's got his shitty day. He's sitting there playing guitar, just like strumming one note. So I've come. And back. he did have a bad day. Yeah, I've had such a terrible day. Well, I've had a pretty bad day. You know, a little care package from the Bosnian terror. And he's listening you to know. the six hundred dollar LP as she's yeah. talking to him. Yeah. yeah, and then it. Yeah. So you imagine, like, I six- don't know why would anyone would have to have a baby. She's like, well, I'm pregnant. He's like, how do you know? I mean, how do you know? Like, how, do you know? how do you know? I mean, how do you know? <laughs> well, I'm Catholic and we should get married. Whoa, whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, police. marriage police. Slow down. down. Yeah. <laughs> God, Nicholas Cage is fantastic. Also strange that uh, once they land the choppers on the rock and Hummel's like, make no mistake, gentlemen, we're now in harm's way. Like, were you not in harm's way when you robbed a Navy weapons depot of chemical weapons? Like, are you not in harm's way now? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. But then when they first get there, too, that's kind of where they try to humanize Hummel a little bit because he goes up to those school school children or whatever. And he's like, hey, girls, why don't you get the fuck off the rock because I'm about to kill all of you. Which is ridiculous. And he's also saying, why don't you go back to the city that I'm about to blow up with these goddamn yeah, 16 so rockets. Yeah, even if they so, do get back on yeah. the boat or the bus, whatever, and go back to San Francisco, you're still... But again, he was never going to do it, so... Right. He. Well, yeah. A few hundred years ago, a couple dudes named Jefferson, Adams, Washington... They, they were brand new traitors. Yeah. Well, they also didn't have VX gas that they were going to blow up civilians at, so... And that's the thing about his entire crusade is the like his actions don't match the injustice. So he's like, yeah, man, a bunch of guys who did illegal ops in Laos and other places in China didn't get proper burials. I'm going to murder an entire city. If you it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. And everyone just gets a million dollars, right? All his gang. One. Mi- that's the insane. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're doing this for one million dollars. It'd be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm going to need 10 million at least. Yeah, and and this goes back to last week where we were talking about I'm not like a nationalist or anything, but I do love America. Yeah, I love America. I don't think that you if you paid me a million dollars but you said you could never come back to America no. for just a million dollars, no I'd be like no, fuck no, go fuck yourself. But again, this is 96 money, 95 that's money, true. not but that being said, that's that's I, I don't know. Even if I if, if in could you retire money, on a, no, you couldn't retire in a million. If I got five million dollars to never come back to America, no way. I don't know because I I just like it here too much. I don't know what the what else is out there. You know, 
I mean, and clearly, I vacation for a bit, but it's also very evident that um, a man fighting for a generally good cause is likely never going to fire rockets at a massive city of, innoc- of innocent civilians, right? Like the whole time they're going to be like, "Oh no, he's a good person. Like he's not going to like." I would call his bluff the entire time. Right. Yeah. Well, that's and that's why they it- even say he's a man of honor. General Hummel's a man of honor. Like, okay, he's a man of honor. I'm never going to call. I'm going to call his bluff. 100. percent He's not going to. Fire v. He's not going to fire the most terrible, vile chemical weaponry known to man at that point at the Bay Area because he's like, yeah, man, these guys didn't get benefits and burial. I'm pretty pissed off. Like, of course not. No. And that's I, I do think that's uh, where it's kind of cool towards the end of the movie where there is good juxtaposition between uh, the Candyman guy and then the yeah. fucking annoying guy that's just like, there's one hour left, uh, just tell the general sir the time. Yeah, general that left. guy who's in everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those two dudes actually do. I, I don't think they give a fuck about the soldiers that No, 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 no. Those guys are mercenary sociopaths. Yeah, they just want to, they're all about killing people and shit like that, so but they, they just shove it down your throat so many times that Hummel is not like these guys. But then again, he also is the leader of these guys. So yeah, I but, don't know if you can. And then again, when they when they killed the the SEAL team going in, he's like, "Da, oh, he's fire now." Yeah. Like, he's just like, "Jesus, this isn't what I wanted." Yeah, but you took over. You, you stormed a naval base and took sixteen, well, fifteen rockets because one of your guys was a fucking idiot and dropped one in the thing. Like, and you took over Alcatraz. Yeah, and you knew they had to do something. So what do you say? You you had to have been prepared for it. I don't know. That's where it's like. But he wasn't. He w- he was prepared to say he was going to do it. He was never going to do right. it. Right. But that's where they're like, you know, that we got to respond and all that shit. I don't know. It's hard to like. They're they, never going to pay up. They will if we fire a rocket up their asses. Yeah. That was Candyman. It was like, yeah. oh, okay. I don't listen to that soft ass shit. You're a sociopath. Yeah. Oh, they were ready to blast. And am I the one who thinks that 33 is pretty young to be a White House Chief of Staff when he's like, hey, identify yourself. It's like, I'm White House Chief of Staff Sinclair. Hayden how old Sinclair, are you? Hayden, how old are you? He's like, I'm 33. It's like, what? I was running combat missions in Laos before you were still sucking on your mama's titty or like, whatever he said. Dude, I'm 32. I can't imagine being a year older and being like, yeah, I could be White House Chief. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, who knows? Hayden Sinclair, you know, he's probably from that Sinclair family with the uh, gas stations with that green dinosaur. I feel like there is a guy named Hayden Sinclair who owns that shit. Probably so. Hayden. Well, it's Hayden Christensen and uh, this guy, Chuck Sinclair. I don't know where I'm going with that. Never mind. All right. Let's talk about (laughs) the gay barber. He's very funny. Oh, he's very good. good. He is. He definitely does the most with the least amount of screen time. When but, when they won't let him have the scissors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He was the. He was, are you the barber? Um, stylist. Yeah. Uh, no scissors. Just the clippers. Did they tell Picasso no brush? Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. That was good. The the whole Fremont Hotel thing. So well, before they get to the the Fremont Hotel, I thought it was cool when they get Womack or they get uh, Womack. They get John Patrick Mason, Sean Connery, mm. out of the hole that they've been hiding him in for thirty years or whatever. And, uh, I feel a little like Alchematish. Yeah, the the whole interrogation scene where William Forsythe's kind of being a dick or whatever at the start. Which shout out to uh, William Forsythe is he the guy fucks with the mustache, right? He's fantastic. He's great. I love yeah. him and everything that he's in. He's, he's a, usually not a main character. He's always kind of never, swarmy. Never is. He's a swarmy guy. He's yeah. in a lot of Rob Zombie films. But he is kind of redeemed at the like. Like he doesn't want to, he doesn't like good speed at the start and shit like that. But towards the end of the movie, you know, he's uh, coming around. He vaporized, huh? That yeah, good stuff. Anyway, 
Uh, the whole interrogation thing I thought was funny where Nick Cage is clearly out of his, out of his element. He's like, can we get this guy coffee in here? I don't know. Prisoner requests his handcuffs taken off. Can we take his handcuffs off, please? Yeah, it, it clearly like he's... And John Mason clearly recognizes that. I mean, he's like, oh, this guy has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. So then he demands the Fremont Hotel, which I think is a great scene, too. But yeah. I have such a problem with him in the shower when he's singing that San Francisco song. Yeah. And it's like... Here's my theory, is that they weren't playing the song at all while they were shooting it, so they just told him to sing it. No, they weren't. He was but just, then they, yeah. Then they put the song in post, So and he's just so off that's exact, from the words. No, that's exactly what happened. it bugs me so fucking much. Oh, Roshan French. And, like, yeah, yeah, and then shortly, I don't know, he's just so There's fun. a lot of pretty yeah. women. There. Yeah, no, it's clearly like something they told Roshan him to sing. Roshan French. And in post, they just put it in. I wish they wouldn't have put the fucking song in, because he's so far off from it. It bothers the shit out of me. Also, uh, Goodspeed's shit-talking in that scene is completely legendary. Freeze, mister! After he takes Womack, after... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Womack's hanging off the side of the... Sure, uh, what was the hotel? Uh, the Fremont. The Fremont Hotel. Yeah, he's hanging up. He goes, Freeze, mister! You, you will not! Please don't! <laughs> Please like, don't! And again, I understand that is intentional, that it's supposed to be his character. is very uh, not... He doesn't have a lot of uh, experience in these kind of situations. So I understand that, but it's still very funny. Yeah, it's good shit. We need to talk about the German guy who owns the Humvee. He's fantastic. I wrote it down. Das ist mein Humvee. I don't want any dings, dents, or scratches, or I have your ass. This is my Humvee. And, and then he calls Sean Connery and goes, that is my Humvee you stole. It's like, <laughs> no shit. I'm just borrowing it. I, that is my Humvee you stole. Like, it's the most crazy German accent ever. Yeah, and this that scene is such a Michael Bage's overindulgence. Yeah. Like, Let's get a top-of-the-line Hummer, and then we'll get a... I thought it was a Lamborghini, but I guess it's a Ferrari. It's a, it's a Ferrari. They're, they're driving through the thing just for 25 fucking yeah. minutes, it seems like. That's the thing. He's so gratuitous with his chase and action scenes. We're just like, it, you could have cut that scene in half, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Like, you could have cut half of that whole chase scene out. Would have been fine. Would have cut out five minutes from the movie. It goes, it goes five minutes before Michael Bay was like, oh, shit. We're doing this in San Francisco. You know what we should get? A streetcar fucking trolley thing. That's in San Francisco. Why didn't we do that yet? You know what? Let's keep what we have. And let's make a really, like, really bombastic black guy, like, <laughs> yeah. be the driver of him. Be like, oh, this is my motherfucking, well, this is my motherfucking streetcar, man. Fuck you. Such a beautiful day. I love the streetcar. Then, yeah. He does the same thing when they're in the prison, too, where you've got the, what kind of fucked up tour is this? Yeah. Like, you got a motherfucking gun? I got a motherfucking gun. I want to... It's like, he clearly... The chick from Bacon and Legs. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just watched... I just made Sam watch That's My Boy while we were on vacation. Great movie. She, Check like, your pocket. Why... What is this stupid movie you're showing me? And then by the end of it, she was like, ah, that was pretty fucking good. Check yeah. your pocket. Check your pocket. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of hungry. Check your pocket. <laughs> Such a good movie. Go listen to that episode, too. Can you imagine the audacity it takes to approach someone who just wrecked their $300,000 Ferrari and say, Hey, man, you just fucked up your Ferrari. And then can you imagine how stupid the line, like if you said that to a guy and then he said, It's not mine. It's not like, mine. That's, okay, cool, bro. Neither is this. And then All he takes right. his bike. Yeah, like, All right, fuck you, Nick Cage. 
<laughs> and again, I understand why. He, so he wrecked the Ferrari. It blew up, literally. Yeah. So he had to find another mode of transportation, and that was kind of how they did it. They're riding. But he was like, hey, man, you just fucked up your Ferrari. Like, Can you imagine the audacity yeah. it takes? Unbelievable. Like, if, uh, it's, uh, it's incredible. Oh, no shit. Oh, did I? Oh, did I fuck up my Ferrari? It yeah. blew up, for fuck's sake. Uh, all right. So back, when they're in the rock, like, what is what is John Mason rolling into? In that thing, is it is it like a furnace? Is you know like where there's like those quarter cogs rolling and that there's flames coming up every two seconds or whatever? Like what is that? What possible purpose could that serve in a max security prison? Like was, what it is was that? the incinerator or whatever? You know the you know. So once they are so you're you're saying once they if there's someone who's on like capital punishment got well, executed, I, I was trying to work it backwards from. Whenever Nick Cage and Sean Connery at the end of the movie, they get caught and they end up in the jail cells. Yeah. And he's, I'm going to gut you, boy. And Nick Cage is having that problem. So you were saying, Keenan, uh, I'm going to gut you, boy. <laughs> well, what I was saying, you were saying that uh, what's the fire incinerator thing. So uh, I was trying to trace that back to when they're they're laying in the cage or whatever. Yeah. The Nick Cage. Uh, when they're in the prison sales, cells. And Nick Cage is like, I get it. You crawled through the ventilation shaft to go down through the fire incinerator, which was really cool, by the way. So at some point in time, like he references that he goes through like all the shit that Sean Connery had gone through. Yeah. So one of the things in that list is whatever that flame thing was. But I'm pretty sure he just said it was like the incinerator or some shit. And how in Zeus's butthole. Yeah. Did you get out of your cell? But how in Zeus? I only ask because you know, right now, given our current situation. Yeah, so no, yeah. I, th that's and that's a a great another great Nick Cage scene where you understand that like he is going out of his way not to swear, which is strange. Right. Yeah. I guess he is this whole kind of movie. He is Zeus's butthole and stuff like that. Yeah. Could have oh. said cornhole. Could have butthole. You know. it, it, Somehow cornhole is it's a more little more graphic. graphic. Yeah, yeah, it's just a uh, cornhole. It, it's uh, it uh, gives it sends me a message of like pornography. That's why I call it bags. The game I I, I do not. I call it bags. It makes one hundred percent bags. When people are it like, "You want to play cornhole?" I'm like, "Well, I'd rather not right now." If you yeah, know what I'm saying. I'm not in a max security prison, so no, I don't want to play cornhole. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, because corn comes out your butthole. That's why it's called a corn cornhole. Hole. Yeah, it, it's also weird to me that Hummel never understands how easy that they could just bomb Alcatraz and he's not going to complete his mission. I don't know how he doesn't like he seems like such a guy that plans and understands every, and sees all the angles in hindsight. But like he's fucking he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. But like they could just bump. But that being said, though, he was never going to do it anyway. So I guess that. I think that what he was banking on for the reason for them to not bomb Alcatraz was because they had 81 American hostages or whatever, just yeah. civilian hostages. So but, he's like, there's no way to kill the hostages. Yeah. But if you're weighing 81 people versus whatever, the 70,000 people that would yeah. be killed. Yeah, of course, you're going to kill you're right. going to kill 81 hostages. My question is, though, even if so, I guess, did the people know that good speed in them because they didn't they didn't get rid of the gas they just got rid of the guidance chips. guidance chips so the the, so the rockets the, went into the ocean right but but the the rockets with all the little green balls of the shit like yeah. they didn't take those and throw them into the ocean so had no they did like that's what for all 12 of them yeah they took them and threw all the little balls yeah, in there, the ocean. There's definitely a question to ask about how it's going to affect ocean life for sure well, i'm just saying even if they bomb the thing 
Like, all those fucking green balls are still there. So that's just going to release that gas. And, like, San Francisco's fucked regardless. It's not just No, but the people. green balls went into the ocean. I don't know that they threw every single green ball into the ocean. There's never a scene where they're like, well, let's put these green balls in well, the they, ocean. Well, they never act well. No. So I'm saying the rockets were still in place. They just took the guidance ships out yes, of the rockets. Correct. So the rocket in the morgue was still in the morgue. They just took the guidance ship out. So if the bombs go and blow up Alcatraz, all that fucking green gas is still going to fucking blow up. It's true. But I guess they did say at one point there's like it's resistance to napalm, but it's some special thermite will kill yeah, it. Uh, so, yeah, right, plasma thermite. Yeah, so that mind. was going to n- negate the whole. Okay. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Because I was going to say that shit would still be released into the fucking air. And the last thing I had was um, patriotism is the virtue of the vicious. Oscar Wilde. Uh, Sean Connery said that at one point, and I think that rings true in our current political climate. Well, what Ed Harris says to him is, from time to time, the tree of liberty must be refreshed by the blood of patriots and tyrants. And then that's what he said. He says, patriotism is the virtue of the vicious. Right. Which, because uh, he said, I think it's an act of patriotism. And he goes, I think it's an act of lunacy. Lunacy. General Shah. It's an act of, personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's an act of you lunacy. You will call him general, sir. I personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. It is weird. General Shah. It is. And again, this breaks down eventually, but it is weird how they maintain the chain of command the entire time yeah. where it's like where they think it's not they're mercenaries. It's not the military. Well, what's Ed Harris's buddy's name? Uh, uh, yeah, you're talking about Major. Uh, hold on. I've got it. Major uh, Mark West. That's hateful eight. N- no, it's not. Major Warren or something. Uh, it is Major Tom Baxter. Major Tom Baxter. Major so Baxter. When, when Major Baxter is like, I'm going to call the Pentagon and ask for more time, Ed Harris is like, put the phone down. He's like, come on, I'm still calling him. He's like, you're being asked by a friend. Now you're being commanded by a senior officer. Now you're given your last chance by, by a man, man with, with a gun. gun. And like, it is crazy that Major Baxter is, it's also fantastic that he goes to the point where he uh, makes him think he's going to betray him, but then doesn't. Like, he's... He's his best friend. He is his best friend. He's his best friend. I will say, also, the casting director should get props because uh, Michael Bay wrote the script or whatever. He's like, we're going to pull a random civilian out. His name's going to be Larry Henderson. And the casting director, the guy that they got for Larry Henderson, just looks Looks like like a Larry Larry Henderson. Henderson. I mean, my name is Larry Henderson. Larry Henderson. They've got a gun. Got to my head. Yeah, and I'm not trying to make fun of him crying like that. If oh, I was in that situation, I would be doing the exact same oh, yeah. thing. I'm Keaton Robertson. I just shit my pants. Exactly. Like, and that's the thing. I would I would piss or shit myself. Oh, too. absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm not shitting on that guy or his, or even well his character. Yeah, but, but I'm no. just saying he looks like a fucking Larry Henderson. I'm Larry. Um, last note that I have in this movie, and there's there's a lot that we we didn't get into, but. This movie's great. We both like this fantastic. movie. Go watch the fucking movie. It's fantastic. Uh, but the thing that bothers me the absolute most about this movie, because we you know, live here in Kansas City, Missouri. We do. That we do. And at the end of the movie, whenever Pat John Patrick Mason is vaporized or whatever, so vaporized, he gets to go sir. away. Yeah. Oh, bodies can do that? They just vaporize? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, Connery has given Nick Cage... The go to Fort Scott, Kansas, or whatever. It's in the church, the microfilm. Yeah. But outside of that church, there's just mountains everywhere. And there are definitely no mountains in Kansas. Like, don't try to make Kansas look fucking cool. Because if you went to Kansas, a lot of hills. Based on whatever the fuck this movie, you're like, oh, there's going to be mountains. No, 
Kansas fucking sucks. That was definitely filmed in like Arizona, like northern Arizona. Or like southern California. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> solid. There's, there's solid. A, there's a part because I told you I was watching The Spy Who Shagged Me last night. Yeah. And there's a part. Felicity where, Shagwell. Yeah. Uh, Shagwell by name. Shag very well by reputation. But when they're driving, it's actually that scene when they're driving in the car. He goes, you know what's remarkable? How in no way England looks like Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, because so, they're clearly driving around Southern California, not England. But so it's a truly funny observation. Yeah. Had Nick Cage said, you know, what's amazing how Kansas looks nothing like this. Southern California. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Do you know what time it is? It's time for Tipsy Trivia. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man, I got it, right? Yeah, you, yeah, know. Yeah, you know. Eventually, one of those ones were good. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets three of the five correct, I have to shotgun, and he does not. If he gets less than three correct, he has to shotgun, and I don't. But inevitably, we will all end up shotgunning because it's that kind of a show. Number one. Numer eins. True or false? The producers had to build a cabin for Sean Connery on Alcatraz. True. Definitely true. He didn't want to travel back and forth from the prison to the mainland day to day. Yeah. I'm probably I'm going to go out on a record here or on a on a land. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to get all of these right. I agree. But it's because we've done it before. I've watched the special features. Eh, we'll see what happens. No, you're, but I knew that was true. You're familiar with this film. Number yeah. two. Numerous five. Which wait, of, wait, wait, wait. Before okay. we go to number two. Sure. Let's let's just spend a moment on that real quick. Okay. Sean Connery bawling enough to yep. be like, you know what? Instead of traveling back and forth between this island, why don't you just build me a ball and ass fucking place that I can just stay yeah. here? I'm sure it wasn't like a Motel 6 either. I'm sure well, it was yeah, like I'm a sure fucking insane cabin. He wasn't staying in one of the gel gel. I can't even say it. Jail cells. The gel cells? Gel cells. The gel cells. Yeah, he wasn't staying in one of those. No. He was just fucking probably drinking wine, banging fucking chicks, pulling a Michael Douglas, eating that pussy on the rock. You know? uh, I guarantee you, he definitely got throat cancer. Oh, yeah. Num <laughs> number two. Which of these three writers is not an uncredited writer on this movie? So which of these three writers is not an uncredited God, writer remember this on this question, movie? But I can't remember the answer. A, Aaron Sorkin. B, Quentin Tarantino. C, Jonathan Hensley, or D, James Cameron? Fuck. I, uh, I can't remember the answer. Aaron Sorkin? It was actually D, James Cameron. God. Aaron Sorkin, uncredited writer. Quentin Tarantino, uncredited writer. And then John, Jonathan Hensley. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that but is. But I, I had to include him because he's an uncredited yeah, writer. John Hensley. You don't yeah. know old yeah, John Yeah, you know John Hensley? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got some greats. Yeah, he writes about the chickens. <laughs> what? Hensley. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Number four. Over under 2.4 seconds, how long was the average shot in this film? Oh, what the fuck? Uh, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, over? Over. Two and a half seconds. All right. Each I'll shot was an uh, average of two and a half seconds in this film. Oh, well, okay then. All right, so you are... A lot of cuts. A lot of cuts in this movie, A lot of movie, cuts. Huh? So you are... I'm two oh, for three. No, no, no. You're yep. one for two. Yeah, two for three. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four. True or false? Michael Bay had plans for a sequel to this movie. What? Nah, false. It's true. What? The sequel involved a now-married Goodspeed in possession of the secret microfilm 
and being pursued by the U.S. government. He has nowhere to turn and is forced to ask John Mason for help. I would watch that movie. A hundred percent. I mean, we. It, I, I don't know how it now. I don't know how that movie didn't get made. I would watch it. Connery, obviously, he's passed away now, so I would hate if they remade it with someone else playing John Patrick Mason. Of course. So the time has passed, but I would have totally watched that movie. The Rock 2. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock 2. School of Rock. Yeah. yeah. All right. And number five. The man who played the president in this movie also played the president in another Michael Bay film. Which film? Armageddon. I almost said it when we were talking about it. It is Armageddon. Thing. It wasn't multiple choice. Yeah, no. I Because yeah. I, Michael Bay has a president guy, and that guy is That's Michael the, Bay's that, yeah, president yeah. guy. It's He is. Because Okay, I already told the audience, this was the very first movie that we did on the podcast. It is. And then when we did Armageddon, I was like, holy shit. That guy's the president from The Rock. The, Michael Bay's got a president that he likes. So. He's got a president. Yeah. And the guy is fairly, I mean, given he's the that time. guy. For the president, he's fairly presidential from the presidents we've had given up to oh, this yeah. time. He yeah. seems like a, a president. Well, I used to like to play the game. It's it's not Trump anymore, but I used to like to play what would Trump say in this situation. So I guess we should play, in all fairness, what would Biden say? Her. Let Kamala decide. I'm, I'm watching Matlock. I, I think that I, I don't have a good Biden impression. I, this, yeah. this is this is going to be really bad for this podcast because I had a not a good, a decent Trump impression. Yeah, and now it's like I'm gonna. Why no? I, I've got nothing. I've got yeah. no Biden. I've got no Biden. This is it's terrible. It's, it's about America, you know, man. It's I learned like, a lot. It's about America, and uh, let let Kamala deal with it. All right, bonus. <laughs> oh, bonus. You're going to get this right. True or false, Stanley Goodspeed never curses in this film. I guess true. It is true. Yeah, because you keep telling me that he didn't cuss during this movie. Uh, yeah. I would have guessed that he did. No, I fucked myself in that regard because yeah. you. I was like, you just never say anything bad. Yeah. yeah, I fucked myself. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a bonus for you. All right, give me a boner. True or false? True. The premiere of this movie <laughs> was at Alcatraz on the island. True. It is true. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. pretty cool? That's pretty wild. Yeah. I knew that. I know. Anyways. But the audience might not have. Romanians. That, that is true. And I do it for you, Romanian. That's I do it for fucking you. But that's kind of why I frame the questions around. I don't know. I don't care whether or not you get them right. It's more of I want to, you know. Yeah. Let's educate the people. Let's educate, let's educate the people. Yeah. We do it for the people. We do it for the people. There's one thing. Drinking buddies. 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 There's one thing you can never not say about us. You can't say that we're not men of the people. That is true. You can't. We are men of the people. I am a man of the people. That's right. All right. Who was your the drinking buddies? This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film that we would get irresponsibly shit faced, fucked up, shy vote, if you will, and I will with. Who is your drinking buddy, Keenan? I'm gonna have to say uh, John Patrick Mason. That's solid. I would like to drink with him. Uh, I'm guessing he hasn't drank in a while, so he could be a bit of a liability. Well, no, he's been in, he's been incarcerated for 30 years. Yeah, but I just drink with him, catch him His up. His liver is in great shape. Yeah, I'll let him know what's been happening. Uh, I'm going to go with Ernest Paxton. Which one's that? That is the FBI. Uh, it's uh, William Forsyth. With yeah. the mustache? Because yeah. he the dude looks like a legendary alcoholic who's just seen some shit. And that, yeah. I'm down to drink with that guy. That guy has a scotch on the rocks and a Bud Heavy. Every night. And a cigarette Every at night. all times. And probably more than that. Yeah, he probably one has runs out. Four cigarettes. Give me another one. Three three Buds and three to four shots, of, or three to four 
Glenn Levitt's, but like two fingers. Well, no, I'm saying he's got one at all times. He's got all three at all times. Oh, so you think he's like, uh, what's his face from uh, the Trailer Park Boys? Ricky? Or no, uh, Julian. Julian. Always has a Roman cup. Oh, I'm fucking washing my cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a solid pick. That would have been my second choice. But I'm going to drink with old uh, John Patrick Mission. John Patrick Mission. Rotten Tomatoes over, under. I will set the critics at a 70%. Over. Under. 66%. Weak. Fuck you, critics. Yeah, fuck the critics. The critics got this movie wrong. 66 should be at least a 75. Yeah. Audience, I will set at an 89%. Oh. Uh, over? Under. 85%. Fuck you, too, audience. Pretty good. 85 is pretty good for this movie. Pretty solid, pretty solid. The IMDb is... No idea. I'm going to guess 7.2. 7.4. All right. And my real buzzed uh, rating for this is a four out of five beers. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on four that. Four out of five beers. Solid four out of five. It's a little long. Uh, it's a little gratuitous, but it's a really good movie. It is. It's uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery. They have some good chemistry. Oddly, they do. You know, it's, it's weird. weird how good their chemistry Whenever, is. Whenever uh, they're separating at some point in time and he's like, I'm going to go talk to whatever the fuck and you go get the last rocket. And he's like, well, what about Larry Henderson? Are you going to get hit Larry to be OK? And Sean Connery just gives him the thumbs up. And Nick Cage is like, OK, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? I know what that means. He's goes, it's so good. Yeah, it's it, great. What a what a big dick move from Sean Connery. Yeah. That's such a good move. Uh, they both do great in this movie. They're both fantastic. Great chemistry, unexpe- almost unexpectedly. And the only reason Sean Connery signed on to this film, because he knew Nick Cage. Nick Cage was already signed on. I was like, I'm in. Really? He yeah. wanted to work with Nick he Cage. He wanted to work with Cage. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Thank you for listening to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today, we are the Real Buzz 2. Keenan, take us out. Losers always complaining about fucking the prom day. I can't remember. Losers do their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla was the prom queen. (laughs) We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. Now sponsored by Twisted Tea. Oh, thank you.